Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fire Table. I am your host, Big D, also known as Darren Redwine. Uh, I am here with my uh, my partners in crime and counterparts and other show contributors, uh, Chef Bo. How hey, are you, Chef? Good. How's it going, man? It's going really good today. Right really on. Right I'm feeling good. Looking forward to a good conversation. Love and it. then along with that, always Hammerhead's. Hammerhead Chef's thoughts on uh, what we're going to talk about today. So how are you doing, Hammerhead? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. All right. Good. All right. Well, you know, the show always um, takes on a little life of its own because we, do, we don't plan any of this stuff. So, uh, I, which I, I hope that you all out there that do listen to this podcast enjoy the, the spontaneity of it. So we're not going to waste any more time with it. Let's go ahead and just go right into... Right, let's go ahead and fire table 117, which actually is part of the party that joined table 115 conversation as far as opening. And I think it was Hammerhead's idea. So, uh, Hammerhead, why don't you go ahead and uh, fire the table? Uh, you know, some of the most wonderful things are happening in our restaurant industry right now. And, and um, that is there are lots of new restaurants that are opening um, despite the – issues that we have been having and yet you know um there's still money to be made there's still um service to provide people and there's still an excitement regarding our you know our business so what i um thought was how do you do a uh, a grand opening on a new restaurant how how do you or how do you reopen maybe a new concept that you have? Do you just say, okay, we're going to open on the 15th and that's it? Um, should you uh, open to friends and family for a couple of weeks beforehand? How much time is the right amount of time? And, you know, we have to get servers uh, up, up to date on, on, on food that we're serving, how to present it when you're at the table. Uh, the cooks and chef, they, they need to learn their menu. We don't just do those things overnight, open to the public and, and um, say, here we are. Because what happens uh, inevitably is um, we get the bad Yelp reviews. The service was slow. The food wasn't good. They forgot things. You know, cooks have to learn how on a new opening. They have to learn how to see the 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 monitor the toast monitor or the ticket machine that's coming out uh with the with the food on it so being um being uh aware of all your surroundings what um what to go packages go in with what food so i i it's a you know, a lot of times in our industry uh we get so excited and we open up a, a, a new restaurant and um, we put it all out there right away without a whole lot of, of testing, training, and, um, and, and uh, you know, the, the pre-open party. So, I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you guys uh, think about that. If you think uh, – Oh. Technical. Oh, we lost. We lost. Technical. There he is. There he is. No, 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 I'm back. I'm not sure. There we go. I'm not sure why that happened or where you lost me, but you know what your ideas were on that, and 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 uh, what you think about that, and how much time should someone spend beforehand, and things. All three. Okay. Of them have been around. 
opened several new restaurants and 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 are now seeing the new reopenings. I know Bo and I are working on some stuff tomorrow. So, you know, what's your ideas? Well, the chef, why don't you go ahead and start off? All right. Um, first of all, I want to thank Tim for the, a four-minute question. Fucking amazing, as always. Fucking great. Um, but I, I think the opening, I think there's a couple ways to attack it. I've always been of the mindset of uh, when you think you're ready to go and the kitchen staff and your wait staff has been pretty much trained up because you can't train for real-life scenarios, right? There, there's a great saying is once you add people to it, everything goes sideways, right? You can map it out and plan it out the best you want. But I, to me, it's always been best, like, either if you're doing a remodel and you have a construction crew and you have people working on stuff, invite them and their family in and run a mock service, right? Just to get some kinks out of the way. Do work up some pre-order tickets for the kitchen to run through. Um, let the servers know what's going on, you know, kind of go through the motions as far as going up to the table and then back to the kitchen and back and forth and getting beverages and things like that um, to work the kinks out to get comfortable doing it. Um, and then, you know, maybe then you invite your friends and family in and then you maybe invite another round of people and like the workers and their families in, you know, and really get them through the process of understanding what's going on and, and how to best operate. And then when you feel like you're ready, um, don't make any big fanfare about it. Just kind of crack the door on a Wednesday, throw the open sign on and, and see what walks in. And most people will be like, oh, no, you got to do all that. No, you don't. No, you don't, because you're going to forget stuff. And like you talked about with the Yelp reviews, you know, you know, a couple of bad Yelp reviews right in the beginning that <clears throat> that could sink a place, you know, that that could really just submarine torpedo a freaking restaurant. So you you need to just open the doors and then walk around and be like, did you remember to brew iced tea? Is the coffee brewed? Is the music on? I've walked into way too many restaurants with no freaking music and that's insane, right? Is the lighting right? Are the bathrooms stocked up? You know, as the owner, manager, whatever, you got to have that checklist to be able to walk through. And you don't want to do that if the place is packed. And then after you crack that Wednesday, that door on that Wednesday, you run through your first weekend. Once you feel like everybody's comfortable in what they're doing and the mistakes really start to lessen and everybody kind of is getting in their groove and you haven't had any turnover in two to three weeks, because that happens too, man. You could have a server just go, nope, forget it. You could have a cook just not show up right? Then that's when you post your grand opening. You know, you've been open to the public for two or three weeks. You've worked out all the kinks and the bugs. Then you put it out there. Hey, grand opening on Saturday. Nobody said the grand opening had to be the day you opened. Nobody ever wrote that in any law, right? It's primarily when you're comfortable with it. And when you want to attract more people, kind of like a social media blitz, if you will, that that's the grand opening day. You know, and I think way too many operators get way ahead of themselves and they feel like, oh, man, we got to get everything in and we got to get open as soon as possible. And then they're fighting not only with their staff and the quality of their product, the consistency of their product. Now they're fighting bad Yelp reviews. They're fighting disgruntled customers. They're fighting up against all that. So it's just one more thing they have to take care of. And that never works out in my humble estimation. Big D thoughts. Well, not not much more between you, uh, uh, very elaborate and detailed answer, which You're was, to, my, to my opinion was was right on point. You're welcome. And then, of course, the four minute opening question, which had so much good stuff in it, mm -hmm. it almost answered the question for you, mm -hmm. which is which is cool. Thanks for setting up the question and teeing it up so high. We don't have to really 
swing that hard on it. Yeah. Because everything you mentioned in the original question comes into play and the thought process that it takes to do that. So the only thing I would have to add is that <clears throat> the days of old are obviously the things we can't do anymore because the learning process, the thought process of uh, staffing today is, is different. And when you move too fast and try to throw too many things at people, it just doesn't seem to work out anymore. You know, some people just cannot handle the pressure. And I think it's a lot more these days than it was back in the day. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like you, uh, well, I, I guess the thing would be, you know, feet to the fire or throw them in and watch them and see if they can swim. That approach was something we kind of just grew up in. Right. Right. But, right. but I, I, I think now that you look back at it, you realize just because that's the way we used to do it doesn't mean it was the right way to do it. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's not, it's not the right way to do it. I'm a big fan of controlling everything uh, when it's customer facing as much as possible. So knowing that the front of the house is going to be interacting with the guests, which is our bread and butter and mm -hmm. our money, then we need to take this slow and get them to understand it and see who rises, see who falls without the customer even knowing that's happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the only way you can do that is through a, uh, friends and family through a chamber thing where the yeah. it's free food. So the expectation is not high other than what goes in their mouth. So when you do give them something, it needs to be right. It needs to be on point. Now, does it, does it take 20 minutes and the goal is six minutes? Yeah, maybe. But when they get it, it's great. And that's what they're yeah. going to leave with. Right. So then when you get that all trained out and they do decide, you know, the food was so good, I'm going to go ahead and give them a try. That's when, when you're officially opening, everything's got to be on point. So between the two of you, everything that was mentioned, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do an add on to this table real quick. Um, menu size and menu okay. expectation at the grand bring opening. Bring a little high chair, bring a little baby chair. There. You, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring in a high chair. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at menu size at opening. You know, menu size. At yeah. Yeah. Go. So, so for me, the menu size at opening again falls back to what I can control, mm -hmm. my my labor, my concept, and less is uh, less can be more in, in a restaurant setting, because I'm a firm believer that we can always grow the menu and to the customer's expectations and like as you get information and data from your neighborhood of what they're buying, what they want to see, mm -hmm. and almost create dishes to where that local market, which is your day in and day out. What they really like, that's the stuff that's mainly on the menu. That way they're coming two, three times a week, right? As right. opposed to having such a huge menu and then it's inconsistent and uh, the customer goes, man, that is not the same mac and cheese I just had last week. Well, he's also using the macaroni for this, for this, for this, and this. And he yeah. can't get any of them right. <laughs> right? <'Cause> he <laughs> yeah. already screwed up the pasta in the first dish and he's yep. still slinging it out and trying to do something else. So, um that to me, menu size for this little toddler, it's it's a it's a big deal because you know you don't don't put the baby in the high chair on the aisle. Going to get he or she's going to get clipped. But it's important that you know those little details. Right. And that detail of knowing the size of your menu, what the labor can put out, what types of things that are on there that are uh, shelf life friendly as well. You put too many things in the menu that have very extreme short shelf lives. You're throwing away stuff every night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to think about all that stuff comes into play when it comes to that. But I always think less is more. 
especially these days when there's just too much evidence out there that consumers these days are fine with small menus as long as when they do come out, they come out on point and that the way they're supposed to consistent. Hammerhead, what do you got? Uh, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. I wanted to get back to one other thing that Bo said on, on the last part of the table, and, and that, I mean, he was so right when he said, when Bo, you were so right mm -hmm. when you say, um, you know, you don't know if the cook's going to show up. Yeah. You don't know if that server's, th I mean, they worked the first couple of weeks and said, wow, this is a total uh, crap show here, and uh, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, that really happens. Mm -hmm. That that is a, a scenario that that couldn't be more serious. Yeah, and it seems like folks like to pull that on the grand opening. You know that yep. you go through those couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're gonna do it, and you're like, well, where's Johnny? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, um, well, he can't work with Oscar, so he's not showing up. He's insane. <laughs> Back in the day, Johnny's uh, in. Tell him pull the knife on. Johnny's in lockup. And you got to remember, you you pulled those cooks from uh, some other place, and they didn't put their two week notice in. And yep. uh, so, you know, are you surprised that they left you on a whim? So, mm -hmm. right. But um, you know, that's a real serious thing that that um, that you brought up, and and it, it, a lot of folks really uh, overlook. As far as um, some great points that that you yeah. um, put you. on their boat, and um. You know, as far as uh, the high chair part of it, it, you know, there is the right size menu to start out with for everybody. And, you know, less is more sometimes. And, yes, it is easier to add things rather than take away because mm -hmm. you look like kind of a, a shoe when you when, when you can't, you know, all of a sudden something's on there and now it's gone. It's like, what's the matter? You, you know, yeah. you couldn't do it. You're already 86 and stuff. Yeah. Right, you're already 86. Oh, sorry, we don't have that anymore. Well, then why is it written on the menu? You yeah. know, but um, so yeah, it's much easier to to do that, especially if you're um, you know, friendly about printing your menu yourself or you're getting it done cheap. Well, you know, wait, hold on. Can I interrupt real quick? Because you because you nailed it right there, and I just wanted to get back to that real quick. The menu when you take something away so quickly, and that was the item that brought the customer back. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you know what I mean. That yep. second visit, already to be missing something, can be a really sour, sour taste in your mouth because you made an effort all all week. You may have been thinking about, okay, I'm gonna make sure I come back to this. I'm gonna come back, and then when it's gone, you're like, ah, already, already, yep. right? So yep. anyway, that could keep going, Hammerhead. I just wanted to throw in there because I, I personally have seen that in a restaurant where a customer has said that, like, dude, I, I came all the way down from let's say 40 miles out. Because I haven't seen that in the menu in a long time. That reminded me of something I'm home, and now you're not even going to do it, and it, you've only been open for two months? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, wow. But all right, go ahead. I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to touch on I mean, you know, th those are all um, very valid. And, and and then, you know, the waste factor is it's just huge in restaurants. And, and being able to to shore up waste saves you an enormous amount of money. I, I always say the most expensive thing you have in your restaurant is the stuff you throw away. Mm -hmm. um, and nowadays it couldn't be more true because I mean, literally we're working in nickels and dimes here um, yeah. and, and everything's got to make it to the table and it's got to be executed perfectly, especially in the beginning. And um, 
having the right size menu is just another part of of the of the opening of of what we do and 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 it can be done right and having yeah. the friends and family um come in and I, I loved it when you said just because you open the doors doesn't mean that's your grand opening it is to a few few mm, folks because few, they're the yeah. people that that see it but when you go to announce or advertise or open the doors for real big mm, ready to go yeah. um you know uh Awesome. Great stuff. Though. Yeah. Don't. Oh, thanks, man. It's it, and you're right. So a finer point on that, just because you open the doors, it's not the grand opening. Yes. As an owner and the staff, they should feel like it's the grand opening, right? It's like, you, you know, you, you've, you've opened up, right? The, the dream has now come true. You're now ready to take customers, right? So yes, to yeah. them, it should it's grand feel opening for the owner. It's grand opening for the owner because revenue is going to finally start coming in. We hope knock on wood. Right. But like I say, it doesn't have to be the big announced, big balloon drop grand opening, right? You can put, you can push that out a couple of three weeks. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And then that way you feel more confident about having that grand opening. You're not so stressed out. You know what your staff can do. You know, your staff is solid. You have buy-in from your staff. So the people not showing up because the one cook that left the place, you know, didn't give his two weeks notice that owner reached out and was like, Hey, I'll give you a dollar more. So bam, now he goes back. Right. And now you're shorter guy. So all that's kind of worked itself out. You have a team, you have buy-in from the team, you know what they're capable of doing. So you, as an owner operator, you have more confidence about that grand opening, right? Instead of, Hey, where's the owner? Oh, you mean the guy running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to brew iced tea, make coffee, clean the bathroom, restock toilet paper and see customers all at the same time. That dude, Oh, he's right over there running around, you know? And turn- <laughs> yeah. And turn the music on, make sure the lighting's right, you know, and yeah, that's- you know, run food and, and no, oh, he's actually behind you with a pitcher of water. That, right. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> behind you refilling coffees right there. That guy, you know, uh, because his buster didn't show up because of whatever, you know. Um, but now the owner can actually be what the owner is supposed to do. And I hope some owners are listening to this is you are the face of that restaurant, that company, and you need to be shaking hands and kissing babies and making connections with the public because that goes a long way when if you do a menu change like i i worked with one guy one one company one restaurant and he went to go change a name after a year and i said whoa 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 whoa, pumpy breaks kid and he told me what the name was going to be and it was a great name and i'm like look that's cool right but you have loyal clientele so let's make it a game right Offer your regulars up the opportunity to name the place. You know, just do a little thing and then do a raffle. Don't you don't have to put whatever in. You can name it whatever you want. You are the owner. You are the proprietor here. But get some buy-in from the customers and that they can name the place. And believe it or not, he actually got a name submitted from a, a regular and he went with that name instead. Because it just sounded way cooler. You know, and it just so happened to be that this guy who submitted was kind of in the industry and knew that stuff and had a great name for the restaurant. So he got buy-in from that customer because now the name he submitted is now the name of that restaurant. And now, you know, he told 10 of his friends like, Oh yeah, you know, that, that place that went through the name change and now it's this. Yeah. I was the one who told him. So, you know, he got community buy-in right there. Right. So there's ways to make that community work for you and work with you versus being the, the enemy or, or just a dollar. Right. It, it, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of psychology that goes into it. But Darren, to your point it's, and, and Hammerhead, it's like when you start taking stuff off the menu, you're sending a message that you can't do it anymore, which means if you can't do that, you can't do anything else. 
and it's almost like a sign of like, oh, you're going to start closing. You're not going to be around yeah. much longer. Just just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. You know, if you can't do that uh, four cheese grilled cheese sandwich anymore, how can you do anything else? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, uh, also, um, you know, getting everybody trained up, getting everyone knowing where all those things are. Like you said, that you got the managers running around looking at that, um, trying to get walk, you know, make sure the music's on. Mm-hmm. The, the those are in the details, and yeah. that's what people really see. They see the details and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, 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 I think that um, owners, they, they let that go. They, they, yeah. they, oh, it doesn't matter. Or, but those details do matter. Oh, they um, matter immensely. To see, to see glasses polished, mm-hmm. uh, to see silverware that has been polished before it's been rolled up. Those are all little things that I, I know I definitely see when, oh, yeah. when uh I said, I mean, look, and here, here's another thing. I, I truly hope that these restaurateurs that are opening restaurants are are also reaching out and relying on their um, purveyors, like the company that that we work for. And um, you know, we have so much to offer those folks, and it seems like a lot of times they don't reach out. And part of that might be the salesperson doesn't let them know, but. You know, you, you realize how many restaurant openings you've done? What, 50? How many restaurants have you opened? I mean, working for the company that 50s. you work with plus what you did before. I mean, I've probably opened 50, 60 restaurants. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, somewhere you've in been there. Been involved in it in yeah. some fashion or another. Yep. How many restaurant people um, have opened 50 restaurants? None. Yeah, not I mean, a lot. What, what are the, you know, what, I got a chain of 10 restaurants and I've opened seven restaurants okay well you know i mean we've really seen how it's done and how it works and the knowledge that especially the three of us but the knowledge that we have um to give them i mean it's it's unbelievable and and can really help them avoid mistakes yeah and you know to your point it's I remember back in the day, it's like when I was buying groceries, you know, from the purveyors and stuff like that, they didn't have anything except what I needed to buy. There was no extra anything, right? There was no extra nothing, you know, and, and now that companies are starting to do that, it's hard for that older restaurant owner or newer restaurant owner, even to realize that, you know, it's, and then the, that market piece has become a little bit more competitive um, in some aspects, but you know, they don't know how to reach out. They Google stuff, you know, they're like, oh, look, I can get a Google checklist on a restaurant operation, opening checklist. It's like, okay, well, 70% of that might be right. And it's very generic and stuff you already know what to do. But what about the other 30% that's nuanced? You know, does it say turn the tortilla press on in that opening checklist on Google? No, but you still got to fucking do it. (laughs) You know, does it say brew the three different types of iced tea you have or make sure that your bar taps are, are hooked up right? No, but you still got to do it. You know, so it, it's stuff like that where that nuance piece where they really where I really see them falter, you know, in some aspects. And I I think some of it comes down to pride where they don't want to ask because they don't want to come off like they don't know what they're doing because they just forked over a ton of money in buying the place or reopening the place or remodeling the place. And they don't want to be told that they don't know what's going on or that they miss something. You know, and so some of it, it's just in, in how you, you prop it up as far as like, hey, man, 
uh, switch out that keg, bro. <laughs> you know, it's been empty for I've been here twice in uh, three months and it's still empty. What's up? You got wobble wedges for your tables? I mean, that, come on. Come on. You're right. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah, I should. You ever, you ever sit down here? Do you not yeah. know your tables wobbly left or right? Or how many times does that lady need to spill a bottle of wine on it? Yeah, right. Or how many? Okay, so here's one. How many? And I'm a big proponent of this. Is like as as a restaurant owner, chef type thing. Is you go in and you sit at the table your customers are sitting at and get their line of sight. What are they looking at? Because from when you're standing up, walking around, maybe you don't always notice that uh, the shelf where the Tabasco bottles are is actually a filthy freaking pigsty because it's not. You're not at that angle. You just see the the half of the front bottles and you're like, oh, it looks great. But yet when yeah. you sit down on table, you know, whatever, 27, and you sit in this one chair, you can see all the way back in that cubby and there's server checks wadded up and dirty linen back there or whatever. Well, that's what your customer sees, you know? So why are they paying attention to that? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a good point. I, I, I do that as well. Uh, I was at an account in San Diego that was opening up and I said, uh, and they had all this shit on the ball, right? Place mm -hmm. looked great. And I said, well, what if you're sitting there? Have you sat there yet? Mm -hmm. No, no. I go, go ahead, sit in it. Tell me, what, tell me what your view is and what you're looking at. And they sat in it and go, man, this sucks. I've got nothing. I can't see any of the game. I can't see uh, any of the big TV board that he put up behind him. Yeah. He's literally just staring out at a planter box outside uh, of this window, and that was his view. All right, well, then, so I said, well, maybe this one here should be the high top where they can oversee, they can spin around. Maybe it should be around. Where they can yeah. look around and see everything. I mean, you have to go around and sit in all yep. of these seats to get the right perspective yep. of the customer before you do that. So, I mean, it's yeah. a good point, Bob. Very good. Yeah. Point. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. It's probably another table, too. Yeah. The, the topic of owner ego, owner pride. Uh, and what is that? Where, where, how can you overcome that and help that out and help them out? Because we do for some reason. In this restaurant industry, everybody thinks they can do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where they get that and where they come from. I mean, if you want to open up a software company, you would learn Pantheon, right? Or whatever it's called, Python. Whatever. You would learn a software platform. Yeah. So you know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, if you're rolling out an IT company, well, you would learn about, you know, a hookup of monitors, HDMI cables, the amount of this, that. You would go and learn all that stuff, right? But yeah. for the restaurant business, all we do is, hey, I got 50K. This is a great deal. Fell on my lap. Let's open up a, a little taco shop or something in the corner of this mall. And uh, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Let's, and let's see what we can do. Well, that coupled that with uh, the – I make great tacos. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that, Emery? I think that that people do that in the service industry a lot, not just oh, restaurants. Yeah. I mean, restaurants is a big one. But, yeah, I mean – you know, uh, a great point on, you know, if you're going to learn software or something. But, you know, uh, when it comes to the service industry, it sure seems like folks just think, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I, well, that's my point. Why yeah. is it just the service industry? We think that there's nothing to it. Like, it's easy to do. I, I and, then, and then once they get into it, they go, oh, my God, what shitty margins. <laughs> I, I, have, I have heard every reason from uh, I, I'm a good cook at home. Yeah. To I go out to dinner a lot and I know what I expect. Yeah. Um, I travel all over the place. I know what's good. <laughs> or uh, my buddy did it and he's super successful. Yes. But for some reason, they don't ask or work somewhere and, and try nope. it out. Nope. Nope. 
I don't think I do. I mean, we're working on an account right now, Bo, that we're at where she was in a, she is a, a current attorney now. That has yeah. nothing to do with the restaurant business. And nope. it's, it's a 55, what, six round, 6,000 square foot place. Oh, it's bigger than that. It seats. Bigger than that? Yeah, it eight? seats over 300 inside. Oh. It's huge. Yes. In yeah. uh, dinner, mm -hmm. dancing, full bar. Yeah. Big bar. Dude, she's, I don't know. And, and now she, now here's the thing. She's willing for us to help her any way possible, but she's not going to run it. No. No. That's the part that's really scary. And then she's thinking how this place should be generating this, but she's going to quickly see how fast is draining her. Yeah, no, for and sure. That's the part that's sad. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to get that through to her or not. I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. We'll try, I'm going to try it again Wednesday. Yeah, all right. So, well, should we take a break right now and then uh, come back yeah, and let's do go some? Ahead and take a break. Uh, I think we can wrap up that table and yep. uh, fire off our bracket. So, everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fire Table. I am your host, Darren Redwine, along with uh, my two buddies, uh, Chef Bo. Hey, now. And Hammerhead Chef Tim. Pleasure to be here. Is so, it, uh, uh, a while back, is some of you... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tim. No, no. Okay. So, a while trash. back, we started this uh, in, in kind of a, a little a little pair, uh, partner thing up with the NCA and its brackets. We did, we did food brackets and chef Bo has come up with some great uh, brackets. To take a look at food and how we think of it, how it's, you know, impacted your personal life or what you think of it, your thoughts. Uh, so we're going to continue with that because we are getting close to the, uh, the final dance uh, with we're the uh, remaining so two. Away. So this week uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Bo just go ahead and take over the controls and let's go through another bracket. All right, Jeff uh, Bo, what do you got? Um, I got stuff with things, you know. Um, okay. So, so here we go, right? I'm sure you can see it right here now that I, I'm sharing. Thanks for you know not making me jump through that many hoops to share. Ah, this is, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate it very, right. very much. Um, so, for those of you out there, we are actually going back to cold sandwich versus hot sandwich, and we got our representative for the cold sandwich was the Italian sub. Right. And then our representative for the hot sandwich is the Reuben. So I pose to you, gentlemen, who is going to represent the entire sandwich category? Is it going to be Italian sub or the Reuben? <laughs> OK, well, I, I guess I'll go first. You go first. I'm leaving it Between open. Between the two. Yep. And I, and I can make this pretty, pretty simple because I think there's a lot going on uh, with the Italian sub, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of different uh, ways and bread that you can actually do an Italian sub on. Uh, so that, that it's interesting on how you can make it and build it with mm -hmm. those ingredients. And then we go down to the Reuben, which uh, I'm I'm a big fan on. I, I don't I don't I can't remember if I picked Reuben because I do love a cheeseburger too, but I don't uh, think I picked Reuben. No, I didn't do Reuben because I don't like uh, rye. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Traitor. I was cheeseburger. <laughs> I can't believe you. So a good cheeseburger worked for me, and I oh, lost wow. that. Uh, so but if it comes basic. down between Reuben and Italian sub, I know I picked Italian sub versus those other ones. Well, uh, I, yeah. So I am going to have to go with Italian sub. Oh, we got one vote for the Italian sub. 
All right, Hammerhead, where are you at? What say well, you? I, I I got I gotta tell you, um, I, I think that uh, the Ruben is one of the oh. greatest samples of all time. I I I really really do. Um, but if I am looking, uh, I'm going on a I don't know. Um, a picnic. Or quit I'm going out mozzarella. Knock it off. I'm gonna have an Italian sub <laughs> with me. I can eat it anywhere. It doesn't. You know, a Reuben is a hot sandwich. You know? Well, yeah. It, it has to be done hot in a. You know, either at home or in in a in yeah. a restaurant. You can't. It, it's hard to take it to go somewhere or <sighs> grab it and go camping or you know. Um, oh. And. The, the different things that you could put on an Italian sub, um, man, I, it's so hard. I love the Italian dressing. I love the Reuben. Come, um, come on. Yep, I'm going Italian sub. Oh, do it, do it. Jesus. Do it. That is the sandwich, bro. It, I'd love to hear what you're going to say, why <sighs> you're going to pick a Reuben over an Italian sub. Okay. The whole process. All right, so for the whole process, obviously now, as you all out there know, that my vote means squat, right? So I can pick whatever I want. I can pick a freaking salad sandwich if I feel like it at this point, <laughs> right? But, okay, so here's, here's what I kept hearing, though, is on the Italian sub, it's like, oh, I could put so many different things on it. Okay, I just want for clarification, if you put different things on it, it becomes a different freaking sandwich. Right. Well, no, it doesn't become Italian oh, cuts. Using Italian cuts of meat. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Salami, prosciutto. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I can put all those things on there. Uh, provolone. Uh, it, well, okay. Keep going, Tim. Keep going, if you Tim. stay, if you stay in that vein, <laughs> then yes. All right. Fine. But, but, man, to think that it's better than a Reuben. Oh, come on. I mean, look. If you want to take a Reuben camping, you can make a Reuben at camp. Right. You just bring the ingredients. Right. If you're not lazy and you want to stop by Subway and pick up a freaking janky foot long. Right. I mean, Subway, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but don't sue me. Um, you know, but you could make a Reuben at camp on a cast iron skillet over open flame and toast that uh, marbled yeah. rye and toast up that sauerkraut. Uh, right. I'm, I'm and toast with a cast iron pan hit me on the ass and I <laughs> I'm going over to a buddy's house and he says hey bring a sandwich with you i'm not bringing a reuben i'm bringing a reuben you know why because i know nobody else is gonna eat it i'm gonna be the only one eating that reuben because nobody else wants sauerkraut beth and i don't care right hey buddy you got stuff over there for reuben i'll make it when i get there yeah exactly or send him on a store run and be like hey go get stuff for a reuben go get some marbled rye go get some sauerkraut i'm gonna go stink up your house Right with a heating up sauerkraut, you're damn straight. I'm going to, and I'm bringing it too, and I'm bringing it camping, and I'm bringing it everywhere. I have dedication. I will walk around the park with a Reuben sandwich over you're an Italian sub. The beach? Hell yeah! You know why? The bucket of sauerkraut. You know why? Seagulls, seagulls traditionally don't like sauerkraut. Google it. Right. <laughs> seagulls hate sauerkraut. That's why. That's why I know where I'm sitting on the beach. I'm not going to get attacked by a seagull. He's not going to steal my Italian sub because the seagulls really like Italian meat. Just look at Italy. It's in the freaking water, right? So seagulls are everywhere. They love prosciutto and salami and Italian dressing. Seagulls love that shit. You guys are going to get bombarded. Meanwhile, me, yeah, even on a my seagull blanket, would take an Italian sub over a Reuben. That's because seagulls have no taste. It's <laughs> because seagulls have zero taste. Seagulls have no dedication, right? right They're traditionally. Give it a Italian sub. All right, so it looks like Italian sub is going to represent. 
the sandwich category over much protest from yours truly. Thank you very much. Let me make this a little bit bigger. Okay, so since we have time, we can run down to the next Ooh. recently resolved oh, category between uh, soup and salad, right? So in the soup category, we have pho, right? And in the salad category, we have Cobb salad. So uh, I went first last time. Yeah, first, so Hammer, hit it. Uh, how hot is it outside? That's all I need to know. 90, oh. 90 degrees out. Well, then it's easy. <laughs> 85. <laughs> Man, um, it's an easy one for me. A radio uh, silence. Um, okay. I no. I, I I'm sorry. You're uh, in there? Yeah, I mean, even if it's super hot outside, give me a spicy pho, and I'm uh, and you know, I'm I'm breaking into that. But oh boy. Um, you know, my entire life, I mm -hmm. have loved the Cobb salad. Mm -hmm. I have loved pho for probably 10 years. Okay. So. so I don't think this is a hard one for me. Give me a giant vat of ranch dressing and I'm going Cobb salad. Wow. All right. Okay. 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 We got one for Cobb salad. I, I've, I've been with you when you're eating pho. You seem to be in heaven when you're eating that. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, I love it, but. You know, uh, on a hot day or a cold day, I could still eat a Caesar on a hot day. It's kind of hard to choke down Caesar. some of that fun, man. It's pretty side where we live. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, right. uh, I will um, respect that call because I, I do love a, a good Cobb salad. I think I was one of those that picked that one as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, we all three picked Cobb salad. Oh, that yeah, that was a clean sweep. Yeah, it was a sweep. Our guest picked uh, chicken Caesar with no chicken. You want to go eat something out of the garden? With all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> Wait, did he say no chicken? Yeah, that's yeah. why I have it in there. So Caesar's oh, with no. Yeah, the one vote was with no he chicken. He just likes the classic Caesar. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like whatever. You know what? When that dressing is done right, it's salad. But I don't think it's yeah. Done. But it, it's not representative of the category. It's Cobb sure. salad versus the pho. Wasn't that Joel? That was Joel. Yeah, yeah it was Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim wants to make sure he throws one. <laughs> I just heard that. Should we ID that guy? <laughs> right? No chicken on it. We need to ID him before he goes under the bus because he just got crushed. <laughs> uh, so as I look at these two, and I'm a big fan, but I will come clean. I believe I'm the ramen though. Uh, but I mm -hmm. do, I do like everything that goes into pho. Uh, I do like the uh, experience when I eat pho. Uh, the salads. I thought there were some some cool choices on there, but. Um, if I had to go between those two, yep. I think the experience and the enjoyment and what I can do and control the temperature and the flavor profile with the sriracha or the, uh, what's the leaves you showed me, Tim? The basil leaves uh, and yep. different things and yep, the yep, consistency yep. you can mess with and the, the muscle tendons. Mm -hmm. How many different types of pho have we had, Tim? Just pretty much that beef one. Is that the one we kind of, is that our go-to? We, yeah, we, we have had a lot. I mean, I always tell you, make sure you get that tendon. It's a yeah. whole new world with that tendon. Oh, yeah, it is. There. I mean, um, and, then, and then, yeah, you and see it cook in that hot broth. Keep going. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, most, most of the time, I, I think every time with you and I, it's always been a, a version of beef, never uh, shrimp or seafood or right. Uh, and it's always been, you know, um, I, I love the brisket, the raw beef that gets cooked in the broth, the tendon, yeah. and um, also uh, it's tendon, but they also do um, 
Chicken feet? The fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> the whole head. The whole head. Big bowl and stick a straw. Goat head. Yeah, well, while you're thinking about it, I'll go ahead and finish what yeah. I was thinking is that uh, because of that whole experience and the, the different flavor profiles you can create with pho, I'm going to take that over a Cobb salad. You're going to take pho over Cobb salad? I'm going to take pho. Okay. Yeah, I just think for the dining experience, getting into it and being a uh, uh, you know, someone who really appreciates to show me how it's done. Hey, it, there is a lot of fun to it, and I, and I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so funny how you, funny how you would pick this. You are stuck. Yeah. Right. Funny how you would pick the pho over a sandwich you could take to the fucking beach. You can't take pho to the beach. Let me see you do that. Let me see you take pho camping over there, hammerhead. Did, what the hell? Big old, it a big old thermos. Right. Goes in raw. A big the thermos. My God. Okay, when we get to the beach, it's ready to go. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, although you get neither one of you said, "Oh, I'm going to do Cobb salad because I can take that camping. I can take it to the beach. I can take it <laughs> here. I can take it there." <laughs> Fucking nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Fucking but bullshit. I call good, bullshit. <laughs> sub with different levels of salami or prosciutto or uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, mortadella. And, and the Cobb salad has different levels of ingredients, uh, right? Yeah. And you could pack it up and put it in a container and take it to the damn beach. But nobody wants to eat hot <laughs> lettuce. So what? <laughs> Right so and now, go with the cop? no, go with I, the no, cop, I'm not gonna go. No, I don't know, man. Because look, last time my vote didn't mean nothing. This time, oh, my vote gets to crown a champion. So yeah, That's we'll right. see how this goes. Let's see, Cobb right, salad. There's a, there's a lot of yeah. things to love about a Cobb salad, and every place. This is one of the items I don't mind when a restaurant does its own version of a Cobb salad because they always add a cool ingredient, right? They always add something really cool to it. Like when they start screwing with a turkey club, it's like no, dude. But a Cobb salad, I don't mind right the pho i think i don't think i voted for either one of these i think mine was the loaded baked potato soup because i just am a fan <laughs> of that soup right so you know what and all three of us voted for Cobb. so guess what pho get the pho out of here <laughs> we're going Cobb salad baby oh my God. we're going Cobb salad so you can take your thermos of pho well you gotta make it personal <laughs> Sure. I'm going to go ahead and give you an integrity check. You are? So just like Tim with his wings. Yeah. Take it through. Yeah. Calm, calm down. Get calm. Step back from the ledge. Calm down. Just calm down. Usa. Take that Usa. over fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm. You know what? And honestly, it's like even going to a restaurant, I'll have a salad versus having soup. And maybe that's growing out here five miles north of hell where it's always the lowest it gets is like 70 degrees. You know, and it's just that soup component, unless it's something that kind of is more decadent. I'm I'm always going to go for a side salad or a dinner salad or something like that before I go for a soup. You know, and okay. that's just, you know, not nothing against pho, right? Just nothing against it. I'm just it sounds like, something you know, else. no, nothing against it. <laughs> I love all the Asian cuisine. It's just between the two. I'm keeping it between the two. I okay. would go Cobb salad. That's where my All preference right, would be. Fair enough. Cops out. All right, wow. we got time now. Okay, we, we do. We, we got. got oh, we got time. We got time. We're gonna go. We're gonna go till we don't have time. So okay. now we got the beef category going up against the pork category. Now this one should only take about forty-five seconds, unless we all well, want to ex- explain. Went, so why don't you go ahead and start it off, Bo? Okay. Well, I will start it off. This. So we have porterhouse versus bacon. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, boy. So porterhouse. I mean, you get those two cuts of meat on there. You get the New York. You get the filet. 
There's only a few that come off each car each carcass, right? And so it's very rare to get it when it's perfect. And then to get it cooked perfect, it's beautiful. Going up against bacon, the the magic meat candy of the land, right? I mean, mm. anything with bacon is better, even bacon, right? Bacon on top of bacon. There's no such thing as bacon on bacon on bacon crime. That that doesn't exist, right? You know, and if you wrap the porterhouse in bacon, oh my God. Oh my lord. Right. I mean, but porterhouse, porterhouse can eat so good. You get a little bit of au jus, you get a nice maitre d' butter on there or peppercorn or, you know, a Bernays sauce, something classic on that thing. Oh, man, that would eat. But you know what? I'm going to stay true to my roots and true to who I am, and I'm going to pick bacon. Uh, Tim, I'll, I'll open it up to you, man. You want to go or you want to defer? I think I'll defer. Okay. Oh, uh, he wants to be the last one. Because you get okay, wait, hold on. Since Tim's gonna be the last one, I'm gonna say this about bacon. You can take bacon camping, you can take bacon to the beach, you can take bacon to the bathroom, you can take bacon to bed, you can take bacon everywhere. Bacon is a traveling food. I want to see you walk around with a porterhouse on a stick. I'm gonna try it out. I might just pick porterhouse, but let me think this through in all fairness to give it a, a fighting chance. Because I did notice that we did a clean sweep on both of these. Yeah, we did. So everybody felt good about the porterhouse. Yep. Everybody felt good about bacon. And now for us to decide between the two. And I, and I think the difference is because of bacon. It's not like we're going up against a, a pork chop or uh, the porterhouse, the pork porterhouse right, versus the right. beef porterhouse. We're actually doing something that is so versatile. It's kind of, right. it's really hard to kind of compare the two yep. unless we just go with flavor. Right. Mm -hmm. And and if, if both of those are sitting in front of you or on the desert island that we've been doing. Right. Which one would you eat? Because the other one, you got to give it away. Right. Mm. Or, um, bacon wrapped turtle. Yeah. <laughs> bacon wrapped everything. Just whatever washes up the shore. Bacon wrapped coconuts. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. The bacon fat would uh, <sighs> soften up the core. Right? Oh, God, it's so good. I need <laughs> to make that now. With your tan. Right? Yeah, oh. Rub it on you. Now, seagulls would come get you if you rub bacon fat <laughs> on your skin. Seagulls are... Yeah, you might get something coming out of the water to get that bacon. <laughs> right? Uh, you, you know, this is almost... Uh, Not fair. Yeah, because... Almost. The, it's, it's a toss-up of just totally of two different things, but out of versatility <laughs> and flavor and all the things that you can do with bacon, and I don't think I've ever had a, a bad piece of bacon. <laughs> I think so. You know, even if it's even if it's that crispy overcooked, oh, I can still get it down. That, that beef bacon we had to sell one time. Oh, that, even that. Oh, I think I blocked that out. <laughs> we, did, we did a beef bacon. It, yep. was, it was horrible, wasn't it? I don't even remember. It, it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't want to take up much more time. Yep. But if I have to look at these and go straight at it. The, the New York, the filet, right. done right. Chewing on the bone. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's filling. Uh, but I think at a day to day out, I'm going to have to go with the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead and be mad now, Hammerhead. Go ahead and try. No, I, I, I'm <laughs> not. I love the porterhouse. I mean, I, I love a New York steak. Just about, I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world to me. But, um, man, you remember we had to sell that jowl bacon? Remember mm -hmm. that stuff? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, that, that was, was good. so good. Man, I mean, look, I, I think anyone in their right mind. Um, I mean, we're all going, we're all going bacon. Um, and but uh, I'd much rather take um, 
take Porterhouse to the beach for a barbecue than, than uh, crap. bacon. So, but, uh, yeah, so absolutely, hundred percent uh, bacon. Bacon, 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 bacon. Stick All that right. out of the stick and hold it over the fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got time for one more. Do we really? We do. Yeah. We're we're blowing through these, and I love this because the first set of picking who's going to go head to head. I mean, I know it was going to take the longest, but. I'm glad we're being able to blow through these. So what we have here is we have the representative of seafood going up against the representative of chicken. So we have ahi up against airline chicken breast. So, Tim, you went last last time. So why don't you go first this time? Ahi. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Um, you know, uh, I think um, I love uh, sushi so much and and tuna is one of those things that uh, i would definitely uh have especially a good bluefin um, yep. or a spicy tuna hand roll or any of those things um but i certainly eat a whole lot more uh chicken than i do fish hmm wow uh you know what let's see i got nothing left except an airline breast mm -hmm. or tuna that's it i'm on the island and that's mm -hmm. all i can eat yep uh wow super difficult is it though <laughs> uh i think i'm gonna go with the airline breast oh all right because I can um, eat that chicken breast, and and I can also uh, find something spicy to, to put on that little wing, that little drum. Yep, that little <laughs> drum mat. That's right. And you get that crispy <laughs> chicken skin. Yeah, crispy chicken skin. All right, D, you. Uh, I am. So I was the bluefin tuna person, or the tuna. Person. Yeah. Not necessarily bluefin, but the versatility of a lot of tuna. Yeah. You were that. Uh, so and. <laughs> You were that. I do like. I do like albacore. I like. I grew up on a nice, good uh, tuna. You were the albacore tuna salad and uh, on a nice toasted sourdough with some cheese. Nah, yeah, let's call it what it is. Okay, and I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna stick with it. I don't care how you guys. You were the albacore around our neck. I was. <laughs> uh, and so with this thing here, since our airline breast was not my choice, because I like a, a thigh. Yeah. And I am now one guy. So if I'm yep. gonna pick the two. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with my uh, seafood option and go with the tuna. But you didn't even what? No, you, uh, so you're going to pick ahi? Be, okay, ahi. sorry, right. it would be ahi. Okay, ahi was my number was second, my second choice. Yeah, tuna. ahi was your second choice. Okay, so but, uh, so breast, so I'm I just I just want to get this clear. You didn't pick either one of these, but because right. of that, you're going to go with the ahi. Okay, <laughs> that makes well, sound I, logic. Well, yes, because I, it comes <laughs> down to me liking the airline over the ahi, and I like the ahi. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. That's fair. I'm not gonna. That's your one guess, but once again, I come down to the tiebreaker. That's okay. Yeah, it's all now, yours. You wrap it up. No, the, up the show. The ahi you can actually get while you're at the beach if you're smart enough, right? So that that's one point for the ahi. The airline chicken breast you could actually probably rip that off a seagull if you're fast enough, <laughs> right? Can't you see a seagull airline <laughs> breast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I told you the 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 seagulls don't like sauerkraut. <laughs> Right, yeah. but that's when they land. You got to throw the sauerkraut on them, right? Because oh. then they'll freak out, and while they're distracted, because they're, because they're coming for the Italian sub. <laughs> yeah, they're coming for your lunch. <laughs> Meanwhile, I can go ahead and I can whip my pocket knife out and cut me out a seagull airline chicken airline breast, 
right? Defeather that bad boy. Um, boy, you know, th this is actually probably one of the harder ones for me to pick because these are both great flavors, great cuts, both versatile, both present really well. Both of them, you know, you can charge top dollar for. Both of them I've had beautifully done, you know, and, and done excellent. Um, man, this one is, this one's tough. Um, boy, oh 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 boy. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go airline chicken breast. Yep. I'm going to go with the airline chicken breast. And it, it's probably for one reason and one reason only is that, that the bone in the airline breast, when you roast it, right. Whether you pan sear it, but you know, if you pan sear it and then you throw it in the oven, that bone starts to open up a little bit in the pores and that marrow starts to come out into the breast meat. And that flavor is amazing when done properly, oh, right? That God. is so good because that marrow just opens up and starts to leach into the breast and it gives you a whole different, like it's like chicken on steroid chicken, just so good that you can't beat it in my book, man. And with the ahi, there's nothing against it, but you are kind of a little bit limited on how you can serve that. You know, where the airline chicken breast, you can take that in any direction you want to. So for my money, it's the airline chicken breast. If you have hate mail, please send it to Darren. He's going to give you the email address yeah. here in a few minutes. That's right. Um, That's right. And you can send it to him and make him oh understand why uh, we shouldn't pick ahi tuna. You can also send those emails. In. There you um, go. Big D fire table at gmail.com. That's right. Big D fire table at gmail.com. Well, that was a good bracket. That one we do have some uh, disagreements on in a couple spots. A couple of spots. That's all right. That's all right. Um, it was pretty cut and dry, at least I thought. Yeah. sub should have been pretty straightforward. Yeah, you know, whatever. All right, a little ribbon. Uh, put up a fairly good argument. Yeah. So with that said, uh, again, well done on the bracket, Chef. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. We are going to come back at you next week with uh, table 118 and then also complete the other side of the bracket. That's right. So why don't you go ahead and tease us on that one real quick, just to give everybody a little reminder of what we'll hit. I, uh, I imagine we can hit three brackets, four brackets again. Right? Yeah, we can probably hit the four remaining brackets next week. Um, So next week, we've got the calorie busters um, going head to head. We got pies versus lasagna. And then we have cold apps versus hot apps. That's caprese salad versus wings. We all know the winner there. Um, then we have the vegan versus the do vegetarian. I don't know. I think we do. Um, we got a beyond patty versus romaine. Odd. Oh, and we need a tiebreaker here between uh, cocktails and beer if we're going to finish out this bracket. You know, or we so just means, let that hang. We have to invite somebody then, right? So we should probably invite a special guest next week, you think? Do they have to be special or can it just be a guest? It could be a guest, <laughs> but they, it would feel special to me. Because okay. who else would come on this podcast if they weren't special? <laughs> I don't know. That's true. We only get special people here. <laughs> You know, but yeah, that's it. Um, so to recap the the results so far, the Italian sub under protest is representing sandwich. Uh, the Cobb salad is representing soup and salad. The bacon is representing um, well just the bacon category in general. And then we have the airline chicken breast Words. representing the uh, seafood and chicken portion of the, of the bracket. Birds. Birds. All right. Birds. So thank you very much. We'll see you next week on Fire Table. Have a great day, great afternoon, great evening, no matter where you are, where you're listening to us. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you then. All right. Tell a friend, everybody. Tell a friend. We need listeners. Tell a friend.